Welcome back to the Movie Babble Podcast. As always, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. And today you've got myself, Colin, and I'm joined by Nick as we talk about the opening weekend for Hobbs and Shaw. Alright, so breaking down this week's top five, we've got Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw opening up at 60.8 million domestic, and that's in the number one spot, followed by The Lion King with 38.24 million domestic, then Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the number three spot with a little over 20 million, followed by Spider-Man Far From Home in the number four spot with 7.2. 75 million and Toy Story 4 rounds out the top five with 7.15 million. So Hobbs and Shaw was um, just this was a pretty easy victory in terms of all its competition has been out for quite a while. Um, you know, this is the third week for the Lion King, um, not a really competitive week. Um, and Hobbs and Shaw's, I mean, it's open pretty well, it's almost at 61 million, which for something that's not a superhero movie, that's pretty solid. It's, 180 almost 181 million worldwide right now so it's i mean it's it's pulling pretty good money for a spinoff and i mean just it's already almost completely outgrossed uh tokyo drift domestically so it's 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 moving pretty well (laughs) yeah it's it is it's doing okay and i think the one thing to note here is because it has a $200 $200 million budget, which is just extremely high and probably a little too high for a movie like this. Um, but the thing to always note with the fa- these Fast and Furious movies is they do crazy business in China. And this movie has yet to open up in China. And then I think it's opening up there on 23rd, I think. Um, so we'll have to wait a few weeks to see uh, how that pans out. But The Rock is huge all over the globe. And He's, it's one of the reasons that he gets all these action vehicles to be the star in is because he's also just being in China himself. Um, so I, I suspect that this movie will climb up really high in uh, box office numbers uh, when it's released over there comes. So Because um, these Fast and Furious movies are always an uh, international play. They, they keep decreasing in box office gross uh, here in the States, and they keep increasing internationally, which is kind of funny. It reminds me of the Michael Bay Transformers movies that were doing that for a while. Um, but yeah, it's it's doing solid, and I can't really see anything to be super um, concerned about here. It opened up right in line with expectations, so yeah, it's, it's doing all right. Um, really ridiculous movie um, audience scores <laughs> seem uh, the audience seem to like that because audience scores are really solid it's over 90 percent rotten tomatoes uh, a minus cinema score so i suspect this movie all have pretty good legs uh, it's just a dumb action movie that's really silly and the comedy actually works pretty well so that kind of lends itself to really solid week-to-week drops yeah and i mean it and we've talked about this a little bit before but it, it's really opening up at a time where it doesn't have any heavy competition as far as action adventure goes for a while. I mean, this is kind of the send off blockbuster for the the summer season. And so it's, it's not really going to face much of an uphill battle uh, going forward throughout this month. I mean, I'm sure it'll slow down once we get into, um, you know, some of the, the more actiony movies uh, coming up later this month in September, 
Um, but for right now, it's it's got a pretty open field. And um, I mean, it's it's kind of like you said, the rock is huge in China. This is a pretty big uh, franchise in China as well. So I think it's going to do just ridiculous numbers over there. And uh, yeah, it's another win for Fast and Furious. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the August release schedule here. And it is worth – we're going to dive a little further into this next week because there's just a really big glut of movies opening uh, next weekend. Um, but we look at the main movies that are coming out for the rest of August. We have – next week uh, we just have – we have Dora and The Art of Racing and The Rain and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Um, after that is Angry Birds and Good Boys and 47 Meters Down Engaged. Then after that is Angel Has Fallen. Um, didn't realize we're getting another <laughs> another one of those movies. Gerard Butler keeps c- cashing them paychecks. And then after that is um, Labor Day weekend, which literally nothing ever comes out on Labor Day weekend. Um, so really the next big-time competition for Hobbs and Shaw is It Chapter 2 on September 6th. So it has a a free lane to just kind of suck up a bunch of money, and um, which is definitely going to help it because um, it, I mean, it's a two hundred million dollar budget, so it has to make a pretty decent amount of money to uh, gain a profit uh, for, for Universal, and uh, they've been marketing the crap out of this movie. It's been everywhere, uh, so yeah, it's it's got some work to do, but I definitely think that's definitely within poss- uh, the realm of possibility. Yeah, and I mean, as far as the movie itself, I thought it was a lot of fun. I know we see a little bit differently about it, uh, but I mean, it's 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 a Fast and Furious movie, so it's got its fair share of stupidity and just like dumb stuff going on. But I think it was just like one of the most lighthearted. Um, it definitely benefits from moving away from the traditional Fast cast um, and just going with The Rock, who is ridiculously charismatic, and Jason Statham, who is kind of charismatic in his own way and I, I think it's just like a really good zone out action movie for the end of the summer yeah i i agree in some sense it's it's hard with this movie because i was really entertained the whole time uh, i think the rock and statham are really good together the comedy is is really sharp and it's edited really well so the the back and forths are really quick and just really fun um but i can't i can't call this movie a good movie <laughs> just, <laughs> just some of the stupidity in it was just so over the top for me uh, like and it's it feels pretty obvious that this movie had either editing issues or they couldn't quite get it to come together because there's just weird dissolves and things happening and there's just continuity the time of day is changing all the time and Roman Reigns the wrestler shows up uh, on in Samoa and he's He's clearly the, trying to bring him into this franchise, but then he has no lines. So it's like, oh, where, he was probably terrible, or they couldn't cut around his scenes. Like, <laughs> like there's, there's just, I think there was just clearly a bunch of stuff here, and the plot itself is just unbelievably absurd. Uh, it's, this is, we're gonna look back at um, Hobbs and Shaw's the moment when the Fast and Furious franchise jumped the shark and just became <laughs> full on stupid. Because um, the other ones, it's just like a lot of Vin Diesel growling about family and everything like that. And Tyrese tries to be funny and just fails miserably. Um, and um, But th- at this point, it's, Fast and Furious is now a crazy, crazy uh, schlocky um, action franchise that's really going into tech and all these things. And it's, it's really funny to 
watch the original um, Fast and Furious. I, I know you did a little bit of a binge yourself this past week. Uh, it's really funny to see where we've come. It's kind of like the um, like in a, in a really ext- a crazy version of what the Mission Impossible franchise has done, where the first <laughs> movie is kind of like a thriller, uh, Brian De Palma thriller, and then it's Tom Cruise is hanging off planes and flying helicopters and stuff now. <laughs> so it's... It is funny to kind of see this devolve over time. Uh, I had fun with this movie. I just can't. It's there's just so much stuff in it that I just just it was just so stupid. <laughs> it really hurt my brain. Yeah, there's a lot of ridiculousness, and I I think it drags on a little bit. Um, this is like a two hour and fifteen minute movie. Yeah, that's for if sure. If I remember correctly, and I'm ready to go at an hour forty five, and it's just like oh, we're just now getting in the middle of the third act, and we're just now going to Samoa. And so I think it greatly could have as, as much fun as like the rock and Statham exchanging insults is, I feel like they could have trimmed that back quite a bit and saved at least 15, 20 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, a little I, bit tighter. Yeah. I definitely agree. I feel like, I feel like no fast and furious movie should be over two hours. I, it should just be like a little bit of plot and then straight into a crazy extended action sequence and then repeat and repeat. And then the movie's over and that should be right around hour 55 and we're good to go. And then everyone goes home and after having a fun time with the theaters. Yeah. Like this movie is a little too long and um, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't quite come together. I know we've been joking for weeks that this is, was going to be the greatest movie ever made. Um, and in some ways it's ironic, it ironically is because there's just a lot of silly stuff and a lot of fun cameos and just, just toxic masculinity just all throughout this movie. And it's just wonderful <laughs> to watch. But, uh, um, yeah, I can't, I can't for the, the I feel like I'll, someone will take my credit card away if I create, if I praise this movie too hard, uh, <laughs> there's just so much stuff in it. It's, it's, it's just absurd, but you know, audiences really liked it. So, um, it's playing, it seems to be playing really well. I know that the, the crowd I saw it with was having a grand old time. They were howling at some of the jokes. So, um, I, I suspect that a lot of people ended up loving what they got and for this final product. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the fast and furious has really kind of hit its, its target audience with that. Like <laughs> they, they deliver enough of, the explosions and, and you know ridiculous car stunts well also like i like the, they've really hit that part but they haven't really fully committed to moving away from like the convoluted mess of like especially fast three and fast four i guess fast two and fast four and i i wish they would like fully jump over and give us the hobbs and shaw we kind of joked about having where it's just like <laughs> two guys punching things for an hour and 45 minutes. Um, but I think Hobbs and Shaw was a nice step in that direction, but it's, it's still messy and they're trying to set up sequels. And I mean, it ties into some of the cameos, which are really fun, but just also feel really forced. And so, yeah, this, this movie was fun, but it has its problems. Yeah. I totally agree in that sense where this is, this is, this is a step in the right direction. I mean, I, I guess I would call the fate of the furious, a better movie quote unquote, um, but like, I don't have really any desire to watch that any more times, but I could totally <laughs> just like see this on like HBO or maybe it comes to Netflix or whatever streaming network or rules the world in a few years. And it's just there and I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. Cause it is just light fun. And 
the rock and Statham are great personalities. So it, it really coasts off of that and kind of knows, and know, it knows how to use the, both of those uh, guys really, really well. Yeah. And I mean, and I talked about this uh, shameless plug in my review on the site as well, but I think they really underused Vanessa Kirby. Um, she's just like a thing they're trying to either get or prevent the other guy from getting. And I feel like they could have done a lot more with her because she is a lot of fun. Like when she's, actually allowed to be more than a plot device and i think kind of the same thing with idris elba like i had fun with his character sometimes and like he just he just is cool like everything he does but but it's also like just really caught up in this plot that is flimsy but the movie will pretend is a super serious thing that we should care about yeah, I really hope they bring back Vanessa Kirby for more because it's clear that she is doing really well um, sparring with Statham and The Rock. Like she holds her own. She's really funny um, and just she's just a badass. I mean, she's already into Mission Impossible and she's really making a way um, like her own path and these action franchises. But yeah, she doesn't her character doesn't have a ton of agency in this movie and she's a literal MacGuffin for most of it. So that's that's kind of a bummer. But um, yeah, I would definitely love to see more from her. And yeah, Idris just knows what movie he's in, and I just, I just love Idris and everything he's in. He's, he's, the, he's in bad movies, but he's never the reason for it. And I just love him. And yeah, he was, he was really fun. Uh, his line, his like, his great line when he shows up and they ask, ask him who are you, and it's in the trailer when he says bad guy. Um, it's just really great. Uh, I loved it. So he had a lot of fun. There's, there's a lot of great moments in here that would. I could I could totally like I said I could either see it watch it on streaming service while I'm like folding laundry or doing something <laughs> mindless or just like watch clips on YouTube. It's it's that kind of movie. When you look at it as a whole is when it really <laughs> kind of just falls apart. When you look at it as what it's trying to do, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I'd be interested to see what they do with the sequel. Um, and I mean, they've they've got some pretty good title ideas for it. You could go. Two Hobbs, Two Shaws, or Hobbs and Shaws, because I'm pretty sure there's another. I'm pretty sure like Luke Evans is supposed to be Statham's brother. Is uh, he still I alive? I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know was, what the plot points are in these movies anymore. Having forced myself to watch all of them over the past two weeks, I can confirm he was in the eighth one, and he didn't die on screen. So I have no idea where he was in this one. But oh, I don't know. So, maybe so. Yeah. Maybe that's more family. That's more family differences that they have to play out in future in future sequels because all these movies are about family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Everything you ever need to know. It's, it's a good popcorn movie. Um, it's a it's a good summer blockbuster, which I think in a block in a blockbuster season where at least in my opinion we've had a ton of duds, and I think. You know, especially looking back at June, you'll probably agree with me on that. And I know we don't see eye to eye on Godzilla as much, but I, I think this was a highlight in a very low blockbuster season. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, I I definitely like Godzilla a little more than you, but I can't for same thing. I can't for a life of me call it a good movie because there's obviously a lot of issues with it. Um, yeah, it is weird because this this is the last. Uh, blockbuster of the summer movie season um, feels like we're always disappointed with the summer movie season um, there's always a, a bunch of big flops and things that are just entirely unremarkable so um, I don't really know uh, I'd like to give myself a little more distance before I make it some big claim on this summer season but uh, it didn't feel great um, 
I'm just kind of buying my time until the really interesting fall movies come out. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't these last couple months really weren't great because we had Endgame and then that was kind of it. We had John Wick thrown <laughs> in there. Um, most of the good stuff was on um, a lot of like smaller screens, indie movies. So yeah, it was, it was really odd, really odd summer 2019. Yeah, and I mean it will be a little bit more refreshing because we do have, you know, we have like it chapter two coming up and zombie land and Joker. So we still have a lot of these, uh, wider and I, I don't want to call them blockbusters cause you know, they're not exactly that scale, but kind of that same style of movie coming up. I mean, I mean, we've got star Wars at the end of the year. So we, we've still got big movies. They're just spread out a little bit more, which is good and bad, I guess. Yeah, I know we're, we'll probably talk a lot about uh, we'll probably talk about it a lot more in depth in future discussions. But I think this fall has a chance to be really, really special because there's I think there's a really good combination of these auteur-driven bigger films like just Joker is just going to be a descent into madness that just happens to have a DC <laughs> character in it, which is going to be really interesting. Um, yeah, then you mentioned Star Wars and. It Chapter Two and all these other Oscar movies, so I think I think we're gonna be in for a treat uh, that'll definitely make up for whatever June was this year because <laughs> it was just really <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of blockbusters for now, um, but we'll move on to The Lion King, uh, which again is in its third week. It has crossed a billion dollars um, earlier this week, which is the fourth Disney live action remake. And, uh, man, the third or fourth Disney movie this year, uh, I believe the fourth Disney movie this year to cross a billion. So it's sitting at 1.19 billion worldwide. Um, you know, I don't think out of the three of us, Nick, Brennan or I, we've ever like any of us have really had just terrific reactions to this movie, but apparently most of the world has, I mean, especially overseas, this, this movie is just dominating. Yeah, so you were right on the money there. There's four um, Disney movies have cr- crossed a billion, and and the fifth one that's crossed a billion this year is Spider-Man: Far From Home, which obviously has Marvel ties. So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's the theme of every podcast. I feel like it's it's like we just have to say it no matter what. It's like yeah, Disney's just doing incredible business. Um, <laughs> they're light. They're just light years ahead of everybody. Um, they're just doing crazy stuff, and then talk about it later but yeah toy story 4 is right on the verge of 1 billion it's getting closer um so yeah it's really crazy and it's just one it's one thing that's really interesting about this before we move on is that lion king actually added uh theaters this week it's in 4802 theaters in the u.s which i i'm not i don't i don't have time to fact check this but that seems like what like the highest theater count like ever (laughs) like that's that's a crazy amount of theaters. I don't even think Endgame was in that amount. Yeah. So it's just kind of crazy. People love this movie, and it's it's dropping okay from week to week. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, just kind of talking about Disney movies across the billion, you know, Endgame did it twice. So do we count that as <laughs> this is the, the fifth Disney movie to do it? Yeah, but, yeah, maybe. that that is a – really high theater count um you know i th- I don't think endgame was in more than you know like 40 i'm looking at it right now 46 um so this is definitely the highest this year um and that has to be close to some record um i don't i haven't seen any outlets pick that up but i can't imagine 
that anyone anything else has beaten that. But it is interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Lion King is doing business. Um, Disney's not. <laughs> it's <itself>. doing okay. <laughs> Um, so we'll move on to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is its second weekend at the box office, and it pulled in a little over $20 million domestically. Um, so again, this isn't you know a blockbuster, but it, it's still pulling in pretty decent numbers. It's sitting around $79, billion, or $79 million almost domestically, and I don't believe it's opened overseas yet, which you know I don't expect this to just perform uh, Lion King level overseas, but it'll give it a nice little boost. And I mean, it's just kind of plugging along for a Tarantino movie. It's it's you know kind of matching most of his previous track record, so I don't think there's many complaints there. Yeah, it's doing really solid business. Um, it's doing actually outpacing Inglorious Bastards, which is um, at this point in both of their theatrical runs, which is interesting. So uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's almost made seventy nine million uh, here in the U.S. and I think I believe it's opening um, up around the world in the, in the coming weeks. So that'll also be something to uh, note as well. But I mean, you can't you can't really complain if you're Sony. Uh, the movie dropped about fifty percent, uh, which is pretty okay for a two-hour and forty-minute drama. Um, which is just something. It's just really fascinating to see. It's just the pull of Tarantino. Um, I saw this movie again this week, so. Um, he got some of my money, which I'm happy to give to such a great movie. Um, I think um, I'm really close to calling this movie an A-plus movie for me because I just I just really, really love it. And a lot of it's odd or possibly problematic storytelling um, points uh, worked really well for me, even better for me the second time around. Um, I just really love this movie, and it's it's really nice to see, nice to see it uh, do good business. Um, it's definitely going to cross 100 million uh in the u.s here and that's not even factoring in the inevitable re-release around oscar time so um yeah it's starting starting really well and i think this is this um bodes well for its oscar campaign because it's it's pretty popular um it's i i definitely think we're looking at a we're going to be talking about this movie for a long a long long time probably until next march but can it beat Green Book? That's the real question. I thought we were done talking about Green Book for forever. <laughs> it's uh, funny yeah. when you make when, when you make a bad movie or your best picture winner, no one talks about it ever again. It's really interesting to see, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> Actually, a little side note, but they uh, showed it at my grandma's retirement home a couple weeks ago. So I I have plenty of geriatric opinions about the movie now. So. Uh, <laughs> I can't escape that deserves, it. <laughs> that deserves its own podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think we'll be talking about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for a while. We'll see it kind of pop back in here and there. And, and I definitely think as we we get into the Academy Awards season early next year, we'll, we'll bring it back up. Um, so we'll move into another billion dollar movie um, that we already touched on briefly, but that's Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, and that had a $7.7 million uh, domestic call this week. It's only about a 37% drop. And again, it's it's already crossed a billion. It's sitting at a billion and 75 billion and some change. So it's, I mean, it's the best, highest grossing Spider-Man movie. Um, it's, it's done really well domestically and overseas. And I mean, it's making money for Sony. Um, right now, 
you know, their their highest grossing movie of all time is Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. And I think Spider-Man might be able to topple that record. Um, you know, Jumanji was kind of a surprise hit. No one really expected that to do any money. And yeah, it's it's it almost crossed a billion, but Spider-Man actually has crossed it. So yeah. Spider-Man is is doing big business for Sony. Yeah, it's, there's nothing really adds nothing I need to add there. It's just doing well. It's you can't complain. Uh, good job, Sony. Uh, you're hitching your hitching your wagon to the to the Disney train to get that to get that solid uh, box office gross. So uh, yeah, they can't really complain there. Yeah, and I think I think it was funny that kind of going into this movie, um, you know, there was a lot of there were a lot of questions about whether or not the the Sony Marvel deal would continue, but I really don't see like how Sony would ever think they could do Spider-Man without Marvel. Like, <laughs> right. Like, and I know Brennan's talked about this quite a bit, but I mean, a lot of this success of Spider-Man is because of Iron Man. Um, like, I mean, his villains are because of Iron Man. Like <laughs> someone uh, this movie and Tom Holland's franchise exists on the back of the MCU. I, I can't imagine Sony trying to do this on their own or just like how big of a drop off that would be in profit. Yeah, the only thing I see of possibility is if they get drunk on power with like Venom, like a Venom sequel does crazy business and they're like, fuck it, we can do everything because we're really awesome and we make a shit ton of money. And <laughs> just drunk on pa- drunk on power, they just pull Spider-Man back into Sony and they go from there. Um, I don't think it would work well at all, but um, that's the only, that's like kind of the only thing I see there. But yeah, I mean, it's over a million, over a billion, so... If I was Sony, I would just let Marvel do all the hard work and you get it, gain all the profits, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll move on uh, back to Disney and what is on its way, uh, just kind of slowly making its way towards a billion. Um, a lot of that will depend on just how it performs in the next few weeks. You know, we've got the Playmobil movie coming out, um, Angry Birds 2. So it, it does have... <laughs> some animated competition but i i don't really consider either of those much of a threat to toy story 4 um i think it's it it'll it'll be a consistent performer it has benefited from some pretty small drops you know ever since it's been out even now week seven it's only got a 31 percent drop and so it's it's performing pretty steadily yeah, it's just been peppering those like seven, eight million dollar grosses week to week, which are just how these movies gain just a crazy amount of money at the box office. But I think this movie has a pretty decent chance of getting to that one billion mark. Uh, we've talked about this many times, but Disney loves those big round numbers for shareholders, and it's forty million away about from that one billion mark right now. So. You figure a couple more weeks in the in theaters, maybe it gets really close to that, and then maybe sometime around the holidays they do a couple double features. Um, um, maybe they'll maybe they attach it to Frozen Two when that comes out on Thanksgiving um, for some for some extra money there, and they might even re-release it for a little Oscar push for best animated feature. Uh, so I think this is one of those where Disney's just going to try to finagle the numbers in any way they can just to kind of get <laughs> that one billion mark. Yeah, I I think they'll push it over. Um, no matter how hard they have to work, I I think it'll get there. Um, yeah, they might so, they might even they might even do something where they spend more money just to get that number. I mean, they've done it, they've done it many times. 
they might buy $40 million worth of tickets um, <laughs> just to push it over. So <laughs> that kind of wraps up the top five for this week. And we do want to just touch in on the farewell. Again, we've, we've talked about this several times over the past few weeks, but it is continuing to expand. Um, it was in 274 more theaters, so uh, over doubled its theater count this week and pulled in a nice 2.4 million. And it's it's been a really solidly performing indie hit. Still hasn't opened up overseas. Um, this movie is expected to do really good business in China when it does open up there. And so I, I think we're going to see this movie continue to grow a pretty considerable amount. Um, yeah, and I finally saw it this week. Uh, it's a really great movie. Really heartfelt. It's kind of one of those movies where if like you're kind of an asshole if you don't like it, <laughs> like it's just it's just one of those things where it's it's just really note perfect and just really sweet all around. So yeah, more power to this movie. I I hope A24 reaps as, as much of the benefits as they can from this movie because it's really great. Yeah. So we will kind of touch on um, so movies coming out next week. So next week is just ridiculously loaded in terms of how many movies are coming out. Um, you know, it is, we're getting into that weird part of the summer blockbuster season where it's, it's pretty much over. People are going back to school. And so we're seeing a lot of these smaller movies kind of get crammed in. So as far as wide releases go next week, we have five, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but we've got the kitchen, which is kind of a DC spinoff sort of dc vertigo um i i think this is their first real live action uh foray into movies we've got dora and the lost city of gold scary stories to tell in the darks dark brian banks and the art of racing in the rain so we've got a crime thriller um dora live action movie scary stories to tell in the dark which is kind of guillermo del toro's um next weird horror project (laughs) Uh, Brian Banks, which is a self-produced movie, and the movie about the dog that races a car with its owner. Um, so we've got <laughs> a pretty good spread coming out next week. I'm interested what what you think will win next week because I don't have any idea. I mean, my bet is maybe scary stories to tell in the dark, but I could totally see the art uh, the art of racing in the rain just getting uh, a sneaky, just becoming a sneaky big hit. Um, I. I have no feel for this. What do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards scary stories just because there's been a, a lot more hype around this one. Um, and, and like they've made a point to make it a much bigger deal um, ever since they announced. And I mean, they've plastered Del Toro's name all over it. Um, I think he's producing and I, well, I know he's producing and he did some of the story work. Um, and so they've got kind of his his name attached to it um i would i and i mean i'm hoping the kitchen is really good but you know i've I've heard nothing about it (laughs) as far as reactions go and it comes out in less than seven days so that's not normally a good sign and i honestly have no idea what dora is going to do i I don't really know if people are asking for this movie but it's here Is there a chance that all five of these movies bomb? Because I definitely think there is. I could see all of these movies just getting like seven to eight million next week or something like that. I don't think Brian Banks is going to make much money. I think that's going to be the loser here. Probably. Because, yeah, I agree. 
it I, I think it's going to be one of those things that's just too much of a passion project. Um, like it, it's basically this guy that is, is making his own movie about himself um, in his case. And like, I have no doubt that it's got so like it, the, the actual story has, you know, some, some power to it, but I just don't know how the movie's going to turn out. Um, it's a pretty dicey subject to be making a movie on right now. So I, I really think this will end up being the loser. And I, I also really don't know where the art of racing in the rain is going to end up. Yeah, that one could either I could see that movie coming away with like a cool like fifteen million um take or it just like makes nothing. And that's kind of all of these movies. I mean, I I agree with you. I think Brian Banks will probably open pretty low because it also has by far the least least uh, theaters. I think it's about fifteen hundred theaters, whereas the others are at least um twenty eight, twenty eight hundred. Um so that's something to look at there. But yeah, I think man, it's it's really weird because I think the kitchen would be clearly the the runaway winner of next week if we knew like any type of buzz surrounding it, um, which is like yeah, it's not a great sign when you have that cast and it just it's a really it's a really juicy uh, um, topic as a gangster movie which typically do pretty well uh, when they're solid movies. So it's you would think if this movie was good that they would have. That big, big shiny Rotten Tomato score already up, and for weeks, so people could see it and keep it on their radar. But yeah, I, it's it is so bizarre. I, I have I have a I have a feeling that movie could be really bad, and I'm scared because I want it to be really good. Um, yeah, and scary to- stories is also an interesting one where they haven't marketed it like crazy, but has a really interesting premise, and people know that IP. Um, so yeah, it's. Very strange. Um, it's it's weird that everyone decided that August 9th was the time to release their <laughs> mid-level movie. <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah, well, it's it's weird going back to The Kitchen because this is DC Vertigo's uh, sixth film, and they've been really spotty with what they've released. So, like, they have – on one hand, they have Constantine um, from 2005, the Keanu Reeves mm-hmm. version. Yep. Uh, but they also had V for Vendetta, which was a pretty big success – um, and then they had the losers, which you know wasn't huge, but it was you know a decent success. And this is the first one in nine years that they've put out, so it's just a it's an interesting story to go with. Um, you know, this doesn't feel very comic booky, which I, I think is kind of the point of DC Vertigo, is to kind of push DC's non superhero stuff. But yeah, the fact that we literally heard nothing of this uh, really scares me. Yeah, and it's also interesting when we look at the rest of the slate this week. There's also three smaller movies, um, the peanut butter Falcon after the wedding and one child nation, which are definitely going to start uh, in a smaller theater count, maybe do the New York and LA thing where they open in four theaters and expand from there. But those are definitely trying to make inroads here in August, which is also fascinating. I, I have a feeling that a lot of these will just kind of come and go, um, Rather quickly, um, I saw After the Wedding at Sundance back in January, where um, it's a very, very weepy, um, very white <laughs> story. <laughs> Just a lot of white people, a lot of rich white people sad about their problems, which is a little frustrating, but the acting in it is pretty incredible. Um, but I'm interested to see how that does. Um, I could see that one um, not doing very good business at all. Um, you got the Peanut Butter Falcon as well, which is Shia LaBeouf. Um, Every time he, anytime he does an indie movie, I'm really interested in it. 
And then One Child Nation was another movie I saw at Sundance and is really incredible. Um, it's probably going to be one of my favorites of the year. And it kind of, it touches on the one child policy in China and it's a really uh, dirty look at it. And it talks to people on all sides of the issues. That's a really fascinating doc, but that is incredibly hard to watch. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, this is, it's a really, it's funny. It's this week obviously isn't um, top heavy at all. Like the, none of these movies are going to make um, like tens of, millions of dollars next week but there's just a ton so i'm interested to kind of see what the what the, the general public kind of leans towards yeah and i mean uh touching on peanut butter falcon uh shia labeouf claims it changed him as a person just filming that movie so i'm Interesting. excited to see what he does with it <laughs> um i like all his weird stuff that he's done post transformers um so i'm i'm excited to see that one and yeah it's just it's like a really heavy weekend. It's got a lot of movies that could do nothing or could do a decent amount. And so it's just something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I, it's it's weird. It's one of those – we get this every year where there's – in August where some a bunch of mid-level movies just drop in August and hope to find an audience because there isn't a ton of other blockbusters out. So it's fascinating. We'll see which ones shake out. Yeah, so we'll be back next week talking about The Kitchen, Dora, the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Brian Banks, The Art of Racing in the Rain, and uh, presumably Hobbs and Shaw again. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Movie Babble Podcast. Again, you can check us out online at moviebabblereviews.com. And join us next week as we talk about the opening weekend for The Kitchen, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, Brian Banks, and The Art of Racing in the Rain. Thank you.